Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. How many have ever ran past an exit not paying attention? I'm a rubbernecker when I drive, man. I love to see the surroundings. I, as a little boy, I always grew up you know, wanting to see everything. Ditches, creeks, how much water's down there as we travel, uh, things like that. So I, I, I would rather ride with someone who drives good. You wouldn't think that. Most of you probably think you know, he likes to drive. But, you know, and, but I like to ride. I, when, when, we, when I travel with Aaron, I love it because even when we go to an airport or anywhere, he's... Just this guy that knows everything. It's right up here. It's over here. And man, I let him drive and I can sit back and relax. And uh, this weekend we were traveling and I was admiring, what's the name of the stadium? The baseball stadium in St. Louis. Somebody knows. John? Bush Stadium. Is it the Bush Stadium? Whatever that big stadium was right here, man. And I was checking it out, you know. Drove right past where the lady on... Garmin told me to turn. I thought, well, this place has millions of roads. Sure, it's going to take me to the next exit, bring me back around. And it did that, but I missed it. And there were a couple exits we missed like that, uh, just not paying attention. <laughs> uh, little boy growing up, little boy growing up without a father, I did, uh, caused me to drift in ways that were contrary to who I should be, who God wants me to be, uh, I drifted. Growing up in a neighborhood like, uh, that I grew up in and uh, uh, hung around with some of the guys I hang around with caused me to drift away from that, from what I should be as a little boy growing up or what God created for me to be as I grew up. Uh, I took jobs I shouldn't have taken. I just did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. I, I lacked paying attention. And that's what we'll talk about today, paying attention. Have you ever been there? Have you ever lacked paying attention to details? There's sometimes I don't pay close enough attention. I'll ask where something is, and my wife will say it's in the closet, and I'll go there, or in her purse, how many men love to get in your wife's purse? You know, and the problem is I go there and I don't find it. And uh, I remember my mom used to tell me, if I come in there and find it, young man, <laughs> she'd say, you need to open your eyes. You need to pay attention. Attention. I like that word paying and attention together. Because if you give your time to something, it costs something, no matter what it did. Every time in my life that I gave my time to something, it cost me something. Sometimes it paid off for the good, and sometimes it paid off for the bad. And sometimes paying off for the good led to paying off for the bad. Just like in the video, it talked about life being a struggle. Some things we do could be a God thing, could be a good thing, and we may think it's a God thing, and then it turns out to be a... A not-so-God thing. And uh, so today I have a story I want to read for you. And uh, I want to read from you, and I want to use it as, a, if I could say, an analogy or a metaphor today. And 
in our conversation. And that's what it's going to be, a conversation. This was put out, I found it by NPR, 2012, April 19th. <clears throat> Headline says, cruise ship didn't aid drifting boat, passengers say. It was international news recently when a small fishing boat was found adrift in the Pacific Ocean, several hundred miles from the Panama town where it launched. After 28 days at sea, only one of the three men who had been on board was still alive. The other two men died from lack of water and exposure. Now, there are allegations that weeks later, uh, that weeks earlier, while all of the men were still alive, an American-based cruise ship, the Star Princess, spotted the drifting boat. She didn't. They should rewrite that. It'll go on to tell who did. But sailed on without, well, they did somewhat. They sailed on without stopping to help. The Star Princess is a luxury cruise ship operated by Carnival. It has four, we're not here to come against Star Cruise Carnival. I just didn't mute this stuff out, okay? So we're not here to, uh, to be against that. Uh, it has four pools, a nine-hole putting green, a casino, cabins, uh, some 2,000 passengers. On, in March, on a cruise around South America, the passengers included three bird watchers, two from Oregon and one from Ireland. They were on deck daily to watch the seabirds using powerful binoculars and spotting telescopes. On March 10th, one of the birders, Jeff Gilligan, hmm, uh, <laughs> from Portland, Oregon, thank God for Gilligan, <laughs> saw something through his binoculars out on the water more than a mile away. We put our scopes on it, he said, and we could see a moderate-sized boat with a person standing up in it waving a dark piece of cloth. One of the other birders on the Star Princess was Judy Meredith from Bend, Oregon, she says. We all watched him for a bit and thought, this guy's in distress. He's trying to get our attention, and he doesn't have a motor on his boat. We could see that. Meredith went inside to try to place a call to the ship's bridge to alert the crew about what they'd seen. The only crew member she could find was the ship's sales team. Go figure. He called the bridge, and I sort of talked through the story, she says. And I was going to, ha I, I, I kind of had a sense of urgency in my voice and tell them that the boat was in distress and they were trying to get our attention. Uh, a crew member used Gilligan's telescope to look at the drifting boat. Gilligan said at that point, we were a bit relieved because we thought for sure that he would confirm that and he would, uh, what we were seeing and what we were describing, he would confirm that. We expected the ship to turn back or stop or something. But soon the bird watchers realized that wasn't happening. Gilligan says he and the other bird watchers could only hope that the captain of the Star Princess was taking the appropriate steps. Perhaps contacting Panamanian and other authorities who would conduct search and rescue operations. Meredith says they never uh, heard back from the crew. In desperation, she marked down the ship's coordinates and sent an email to a Coast Guard website without results. When she got home, Meredith contacted Princess Cruises to see what the action was taking and that the ship altered its course to and that they were waving their shirts because they were uh, thanking the ship. Uh, they altered their course to not get wadded up in their nets, their props, their nets and their props. Eventually, the bird watchers learned of a news story from Ecuador. The Ecuadorian Coast Guard had picked up a small fishing boat near the Galapagos Islands with just one survivor aboard, 18-year-old Adrian Vasquez. Vasquez told a harrowing tale of leaving Panama for an overnight fishing trip, then losing power and spending the next 28 days drifting. During that time, the other two fishermen with Vasquez died. 
Vasquez died. Uh, it seemed improbable, but Meredith and the other bird watchers wondered, how could this be the boat they saw? And Panama reporter Don Winter with the website PanamaGuide.com tracked down Vasquez and recorded video of the interview. Uh, Winter showed, the reporter showed Vasquez a photo of the birders uh, that had taken the fishing boat they saw. Uh, of the, he said, that's us, Vasquez says. He and the other men used their orange flotation devices to try to signal to get someone's attention, he said. The reporter asked him about the Princess Star. Yes, we saw a cruise ship, Vasquez said. He said one of the other fishermen, good luck on his name, 24, died the following day. The third fisherman, Fernando Osario, uh, 16, died five days later. International maritime laws, they'll go on and explain that, but moral, the, the bottom line is this. A ship with God bless three birders on board that were concerned about someone else's affairs rather than theirs tried to alert the cruise ship of this and nothing came of it. Three men died. There's another story that says that man died that very next evening in the cruise, as the cruise ship passed. Today, we want to use the three boats as just to talk, for us to talk. You've got a cruise ship. You have a castaway. You know, preachers have to have alliteration. Cruise ship, castaway, and the Coast Guard, three Cs. Cruise ship represents life, okay? It could represent abundant life, a literal cruise ship, but it represents life. We're all on this, in this world system. We're all in this world system, okay. Or some of us go a little farther to buy into it and literally take a cruise. You literally buy into that thing of taking cruise. Then cast away. Uh, They were fishermen. They were out trying to make a living. That's not a bad thing, trying to make a living. But there's another story that goes on to tell about about the one man that had the boat and invited the other two on the boat. You know, there was a little bit other, if you do some research. I was thinking, I just think about that. The man that was in charge of the boat inviting two other people on there, were they prepared? Then you think about the third ship. Thank God for the Coast Guard, our salvation. So today we'll think of Coast Guard as our salvation. Uh, uh, we all have found ourselves on all three of those. Maybe a season of our life. We're born on the cruise ship, man. We're born into this world. I tell everybody about foster parent, adoptive children, and even, you know, things I say. You know what? These children didn't ask to come into this. We need to be careful. I mean, even, you know, getting that we don't hold children you bad kid or something like that. You know what I mean? They didn't ask. They were born into that out of our own desires, good, godly, or lustful desires. They were born into this. We all find ourselves on the cruise ship, cruise of life. We all find ourselves, that cruise ship, life, every day, bowling, fun, living life, day to day, day in, day out, cruise ship, life. Some of us buy into it a little bit more then others will buy into it. Some of us actually buy tickets. I think about that cruise ship. I think what all went on there. You know, who all was there? Uh, you may have a, uh, you're a father, you're a husband. You're the male of your home. 
You're the ship's captain. We are the captain. Do we listen to other things coming from other parts, you know, of our home, our wife, warning us to be careful of that? Are we paying attention to that? Are we listening to that? Um, On the cruise ship, people just having fun, enjoying life, man. There's some workers there. There's a guy working there. He's just trying to make sales, make calls. How 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 would you have felt if you received that call as a salesman? And you're just giving a sales pitch, of course. I mean, that's, that's what they're going to do. They're th- you know, it's just probably the default when a phone rings for them to pick up. Not, no matter what you need on I've never been on a ship. I'm just creating a scenario here. That they're going to try to get you to do more, buy more. Maybe there's a masseuse there. They're trying to sell you some massages while you're there. Maybe there's a private party room for you and your friends. They're trying to upgrade your deal into the private party room. I think about that. And I think about the cruise ship being our life. This world, really, the American dream. I've been a Christian. I was a young Christian in love with Jesus, but I bought into the cruise ship. I was getting a trade. I was serving as, a, as, a, as an apprentice, getting a trade for once, thinking, man, I'm, I'm glad that I'm going somewhere. I'm glad that I'm going to better myself, do better for myself. And I ordered a new pickup truck. I'll never forget. Picked out every little detail on it to the point where I told the dealership, don't you even put your sticker on here. It better not say Lang Chevy. It better not have a, I don't want you to drive it. It comes off the truck. I'm the first one to drive that thing. I know they drive it in the plant. But when it gets here, nobody test drives it. That's my truck. I don't want Lang Chevy put on there. Don't put a sticker. I don't want your little license holder. Not going to have that. I mean, I spelled it out, man. I was picking. That was my truck. Nobody else is paying $23,000 for that but me. It's mine. During that time waiting for that truck, they would call me. Hey, I'm working my guts out. I was first-year apprentice. I was making eight-something eight an hour, living at home, newly saved. I was 23, 24, 25 then. 24, 25. And I was, you know... Got my first raise in six months, $10 an hour. And every six months after that, it was going to be right about averaged out a dollar an hour as a certain percentage, 5% raise. Four years, I'd be making $22 an hour, living high on the hog, having what I want, my own place. You know, I was getting it all in order, living the American dream. Oh, I saved. I love Jesus, man. Oh, I, I mean, you know, I was telling everybody what God did for me. Have you been there? Have you thought, we just graduate, we just do this, we just do that? I mean, it's not a bad thing. We do have to make a living. We do have to make a living. So there's the cruise ship. When I told you about when I was a young boy, you know, we're born onto the cruise ship. But there's times the cruise ship doesn't always lead us to where we want to be. Sometimes the vessel that we find ourselves on is a castaway. This job is not panning out. I'm a teenager. I thought it was fun. I seen my friends doing it. I can keep it under control. It's no big deal. Maybe nobody's going to find out. And before you know it, your vessel, your cruise ship, turns into a castaway. Have you been there? I've been there. I think we've all been there. Hey, I jumped on board with this job, and I really thought it's my cruise ship feels like a castaway. 
I feel like I'm dying here. 28 years old, I wait to get married, and I thought, it's just, that's the end of it all. I remember my knees knocking when I stopped at the speedway down here after going to school with her for, you know, over a year and, and hanging out with her off and on, and I was really more friends with Aaron. And I can remember my knees knocking at the speedway at Maine in 35. It was when they still used pay phones. We didn't have cell phones then. You know, this is 1997. I picked up. And <laughs> I made a phone call to a young girl who wasn't even old enough to. She was only 20. I was 27, 28. She never looked at me in school, and I, I was nervous. It was like the first time I ever held a girl's hand when I snuck away in second grade to watch the National Geographic movie on Friday at the little uh, country school. I'd sneak away from my class and sit with her and, you know. Oh, I just honor you. And, uh, but my knees knocked and I asked her, you know, to, to be, uh, if she would go on a date. And that was kind of after Aaron invited me to a, a family reunion. And I'm, I mean, why would he invite me to a family reunion? Well, Leah was there. I don't know if that's what he had in mind. He said he just wanted to be friends, but why would he do that? That was really weird, but, uh, you know. <laughs> The Bible says God uses the dumb things to confound the wise. So maybe, you know, Aaron didn't know what he was doing either. And if you knew Aaron back then, he probably, it was just all, ah! it's great. And, uh, uh, but, you know, it was that day when I made that phone call, I knew, I knew I was on the cruise ship. It's all over here. It's all over here. But the preacher's saying, for better, for worse. And along in that cruise, in that process, things weren't always a cruise ship. But we tied the knot and we did it. How many of you know, sometimes after you get married, my wife will listen to this message. I'm not hiding anything from her. The cruise ship can become a castaway. Because you realize, wow. Uh, she's wondering where I'm going after work. Nobody ever asked me that. I'm 28 years old. Don't nobody ask me where I'm going after work. I go to Lowe's after work is what I do, and I look at tools. I go to Allied Tool, and that's where I go. That's what I do. You understand? I mean, uh, does she know who she married? I'm not some weak-kneed, feeble-minded little girl that she married. I'm a man's man. Do you understand that? You know? I'm going to be a foreman on a a bricklaying job one day, and... uh, my guys better not ask me where. Would she? We had long, we've had long nights to where our cruise ship was a castaway. To where things in our marriage were said that shouldn't be said. Things were done that shouldn't have been done. Why? Because probably I had a cruise ship mentality sometimes. It's about me. It's about what I want. And it doesn't matter. Do you know why? I wasn't paying attention to things in my own life that were important. Oh, I love this part. New church. I'm hesitant. Chuck Nelson, I love you. Caleb Gouge, I love you. Ryan Van Arsdellens, I love you. But one day your honeymoon will come to an end here. It will. It will. Dave England, your honeymoon will come to an end here one day. Dave's may very well already be. He's been running with me long enough. 
you think this is a cruise ship. You think you've landed in the best thing. I mean, who was it said it a while back? Said, if I live, and you know, the funny thing was, somebody said that up here a while back. Somebody we had come speak here said, if I lived within uh, so many, if I lived anywhere near this place, I'd drive here. I remember my last church, a guy named Queen, revival preacher, he said, if I live 50 miles within this church, I'd drive here to church. And I thought, until you got to know us and your cruise ship, became a castaway. Until the newness wears off. I bought a couple new guns in the past couple years on my cruise ship. have not fired either one of them yet. Didn't take long. That thing got to the house. The cruise ship became a castaway. We all find ourselves there. It's one thing to be in a season. It's one thing to be in a season of a castaway season. It's one thing. I kind of feel like in a way for some of you that are close to me, I feel like my job here has been a castaway more than a cruise ship. Because my whole life I thought the end of it all is full time at a church. And I used to tell Eric, I'm not pushing you. I'm not pushing you. We trust the Lord. Until I got here and I can say... Most of my days in this building feel like a castaway. And it may very well be right in. God said, God may be saying, you're on the Coast Guard now, bud. But I feel like a castaway. But when I sit and I quit thinking, and I find myself quiet. All my friends here, my peers, my evaluations, my wife, my pastor, tell me I'm doing good. But in myself, I'm a castaway. I am rugged. I am just straightforward. There are times I can, you can hurt my feelings. I can hate the fact that I hurt yours. There can come a time where I'm just done. And you go and I go and praise God and and whatever comes from that because we're just a nasty, fleshly, cruise ship type mentality sometimes. But God, maybe I can tell you, as far as my marriage and my children and my home, this is the Coast Guard for me. This is my salvation. I've had a chance in the past year and a half to have breakfast every morning with my family to create my own schedule. And when I used to look for jobs like this and wanted to leave here to find my own cruise ship, I would pull up ministryjobs.com. And I realized something. I had to go to school to get a job like this. And all the while, through certain ways, God would tell me, this is it. Don't look. This is it. So it's not bad to be in a season, you know, when you're in one thing and you notice it. How many of you hate the fact that one day, and I'm like this, I think we... I won't say we all. Some of you more as steady as, I don't know, you know, as water coming out of the Ross County faucet. I don't know. But 
I'm not always that way. It's really bad. You really get frustrated when, you, when we find out that today I'm the cruise ship. We haven't really got to the Coast Guard yet, but you can guess what the Coast Guard is. Tomorrow I feel like a castaway. And it's only on Sunday morning, man. It's only on Sunday morning when I feel like I'm part of the Coast Guard. I thought about giving you like 12, 14 different scriptures to you to take away and encourage you, but I don't know if you'll take notes. I don't know if we put them up here, you'd take notes and write them down. Don't you hate when one day my wife has accused me? Some days you're here and some days you're here. You have good worship, you're here. You home in the morning with the kids too much, you're here. Oh. <laughs> my whole life was up at 5, 5.30 in the morning quiet nothing went on i'd leave house without waking up anybody and i would drive sometimes for long periods of time i had my quiet time you know and i went into a place where i knew what i was doing i felt alive i come here and you got technology and plugs and cords and computers and all this stuff you know and and you feel pressure to lead your team in a better way because now you're full time and all that fails some days man i'm a castaway and some days I'm just on a cruise ship. It's my own schedule. Aaron don't pay attention to what I'm doing. I do my own thing. Then I get in a quiet place. I think, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? In the book of Hebrews, he's called the captain of our salvation. So if we're talking about vessels, he is the captain of our salvation. He knows what my day exists of every day. Who am I just to have a cruise ship mentality that Hey, just going to have my fun, do my thing, and nobody pay, you know. The last one, the Coast Guard. I mentioned it a little bit. You can guess what the Coast Guard is. It's our salvation. It's, it's Jesus himself. Man, how many of you like to live on a Coast Guard experience? How many of you love it when you find a scripture that you come across? So I've been there before. I've been in all these scenarios. I still go through all these scenarios more than I want to on the wrongs. We've all been there. Hebrews 2.1, open your Bible if you will. I'm going to read several, several of these scriptures. I like them. There's no way I can follow notes. I've learned that. Never. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. I like several of the translations. I've made one of my own will be the last one. Hebrews 2, if you've gone to James, back up one. Hebrews 2, chapter 1. The new King James says this, and I like this. I kind of grew up King James. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. The ESV, I lean towards that. Nowadays, I like to... Yes, be. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. The new living. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. I think it's English Revised. I don't know. I found this one. ERV. Uh, ESV is English Standard. ERV, maybe English Revised Version. So we must be more careful to follow what we were taught. 
We must be careful so that we will not be pulled away from the true way. The Good News Bible says this, that is why we must hold on all the more firmly to the truths we have heard so that we will not be carried away. My version. Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to hold firmly to the truths we have heard so that we will not drift away from, I didn't put it, Jesus. It is Jesus. It was Jesus in the beginning. God said, let us make man. It was Jesus in the middle. It's going to be Jesus at the end. It is the good news. It is the gospel. And it is the song we said today. It would be my joy to say you can't read the book of Acts without understanding that the new church, the first church, said out of joy, out of joy, out of joy. I didn't mean to preach on joy today because I'm very much preaching to myself. It is out of joy that the church grew and flourished. Out of joy. I love worship music. It is my Coast Guard. It is my Coast Guard. It is my strength. In Jesus, what is your Coast Guard? What are you... Let me ask you this. I think, I think, I think Jesus has a place for us on the Coast Guard boat. All of us. It's the mission boat. It is the church. I'm here to tell you, thank God for the bird watchers, but they did buy a ticket on the cruise ship, and they were watching birds. Nothing against them, but their intentions, they hadn't signed up for the Coast Guard, if you remember the story. They signed up for the Star Princess, not railing against you if you go on a cruise. All more power to you. I never want to go out past, I saw over that guy's been his left shoulder right here. At one time I saw land. I'd been on that dude. Come on, get me. Thank you, Jesus. Please help me. Oh, I hate water. I don't want to be out. I had this new. My brother goes to Lake Erie several times a year. Not going to do it. It's paid. You don't have to pay. Come on. I got a guy dropped out. Nope, nope, nope. Don't like. I'll eat Gordon's fish. You understand? I don't need to go up there to get my six walleyes. That's fine. I'll pay whatever I got to pay to order it off the internet and get sent to my house fresh. I'm not going to get on. How many of you have today? Two things. Pay attention. Don't drift. Going to preach at this church. People in this church, they're drifting. I've seen them go from church employees in 18 months to the penitentiary. Pay attention. You're next. You may very well be next. Why? Because paying attention will cost you. When you leave here today, you're going to pay. You're going to physically, not physically money pay. You're going to pay to give attention to something. And you're going to give it to the Word of God or you're going to give it to golf, NASCAR, and everything else. You're not going to look at your wife and, hey, I think most marriages can be saved by one thing. I'll not do this with a woman, but I'll do it with mine. (laughs) I think we can sit. Simple as this. Been crappy lately. I don't pray with you. I know it. We don't study regularly. I know it. I'm not consistent about who I am in Christ. And I'm sorry. 
I think he comes that way. I don't think if you have any goodness in you whatsoever, you can stop for a minute and look your wife or look your husband in the eye and do that on a consistent basis. And God not save your marriage. I'm not against you if you've got marriage problems. I, believe me, we hear them. Some of them just, I don't know the answer. If two, I've come from a, a whole family of broken marriages, no men. So I, I'm there. I feel for that. There's been time my marriage has been the castaway boat where I felt like I was the only one left on it. Nobody understood me. Thank God I've never wanted to leave. But I felt dead in that thing. As a man, I felt dead. But it took that right there with my wife to do that and to do that continually. May God's grace be upon you if your marriage is... At odds, don't you dare leave here today and say he's railing on divorces or people that have been. No, I mean, but God's design is that we allow it to be worked out. You'll pay attention to something. Read something to you. Now, here is a command that we need desperately to hear in our day. What do you listen to? Whom do you listen to? God has spoken through his son. Do you listen to him? How does your listening to him compare to your listening to other things? Do you pay attention to him? Do you pay attention to the men and the women of God, God's placed around you? Do you pay attention to them? Aaron and my wife both have been upset with me because I don't receive their admonishing. It's because I, I have to feel it, I think, you know. And it's hard. We have an enemy. We have an enemy that wants to stop the God thing from working in us. We have an enemy that wants to stop us from being on the Coast Guard boat every day. When he shows up, the captain of our salvation shows up, what vessel would you be on now? What vessel will you be on come Wednesday? What vessel will you be on? He is coming. There were ten virgins. Five had oil and five didn't. They lived a life and they had a form of godliness, but some of them didn't have purpose. They weren't ready. They didn't have their lamps ready. I'm not putting you in hell. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, folks, I'm 45 years old this year. At the end of the day, and I've had a lot of things. I've had some fun toys and I've had some good paying jobs and I've had some things like that. I suppose the only thing I haven't had is millions. I would like to try it. I would like to try to see if I can handle millions because I think I can give millions away and live off, you know, 70,000 maybe. You know, that's all I'm asking for. God sees different. At the end of the day, it all perishes. It all burns. It'll all be gone. We'll take nothing of it with us. And I'm here to tell you, your marriage deserves it. Your children more than deserve it. And most of all, our God deserves it. If things that we do don't honor God, I don't know how we leave here today and think that we're part of the church of Christ. I think we need to be shaken. I do think we live in a day where we need to say, hey, pay attention. I know I don't like that when I mess with the garage band recording when Aaron peeks like that. Because you might drift. You might drift. I, I'm subject to it. Oh, help us. Jesus be done. I've got a lot of things to read. You heard God's word. Pay attention. Don't drift. I wanted to build some things and make some things. That I thought, no. No. Get it for yourself. 
Open your Bible today. Write it on your arm. You want a tattoo? Hebrews 2.1. Therefore. Why therefore? Because Hebrews 1 tells us who Jesus Christ is. Go today and read Hebrews. Somebody say that's right. You amen to me, Nancy? I was going to high five you. I don't know if she was or not. I just dreamed it maybe. <laughs> oh, there's a Bible scholar. Tattoo that on your arm. I'm not against tattoos. I want to be a Marine. Have a big Marine tattoo and big arms. But, you know, I, uh, I, I drifted when I was a teenager. I had the stickers. The Marine stickers. I watched all the movies. I knew a lot about Marines. But I got to doing other things as a young boy, and I drifted. I drifted. I drifted. My parents didn't model it. Parents, model it. You're one inch, children will take it a mile. They're teenagers. They don't understand it. They're children. They don't understand it. You okay a little bit of this? Paul says all things are lawful, not all things are expedient. Yeah, maybe you can do it. It might be this small. It might be a movie just with a little bit of And they know I've done just a little. It might be just a little bit of backing up from the things of God. But it's all right. I'm telling my kids don't do it. Sorry to say, honey, it won't work like that. You'll do this much, they'll take this much. The next thing you know, you're trying to rescue them out of jail. You're raising their kids. You're buying all their stuff. They won't get off your finances. And next thing you know, you'll be the one bankrupt because of your children. Do you understand that? It doesn't do us any good to give them everything. It does us good to get them in the Word of God. It does them good to let them see our brokenness. I've had to tell my boys more times than I wish, your dad shouldn't behave that way. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Jesus didn't design it that way, boys. Just in times, son, not you to blame. You learned it from your dad. Not you to blame, boy. You learned it from me. It's going to change. Today's a new day in my home. Isn't it, boys? It's a new day today. We've got we've to open. Whether it feels right, I've got to open my Bible. Oh, there's a second message. Don't know if I'll get a chance to preach it. I hope I do. It's verse 3 because it's what we do. I've been there. You've been there. God's given us. What would it look like? What would it look like? What would it look like if this week you put away some of the cruise ship stuff? Ooh, it was a little charging here today. That's because we, you know, had more people on the stage and the newness. And y'all are thinking, wow, he got electric guitar now. That guy's over on the keys that always gets happy. I've heard, you know. There's John. John, I remember, I remember, I don't know how long I would hear people always say, it's the guy, who's the guy with no shoes on, the bare feet guy? I love watching him play the bass. <laughs> he, just, he just kills him drums, man. What, 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 what would just our community, what would our church look like? I thought, I thought going to one service, we wouldn't have room. I looked, I kind of snickered at the thought that not going to be parking spaces here. I texted a few guys and told them that. I found out I didn't know what I was talking about. Plenty of seats left. Why? Because some people drift. Some people drift. Some of them will just up and leave or up and pull an attitude on something and never once open their Bible and show you and show you where they're wrong. They'll get on top of church leaders and jump up and down on them with two feet. Never once said, brother, sister, you might be right. I'm going to humble myself for a while. I got a problem with it, Brian. You called me on that, man. You called me on that, and I got a problem with it, and I can't hardly stand you. I can't believe you brought that up to me. But I'm going to love you with it. 
had, a, had someone at the church on staff come to me the other day and said, I've got this thing I've got to talk to somebody about. How do I do it? It kind of comes out of a dream. I think it, you do it. You do it. Jim Davis, I had this thing, you know. This may be God and this may be not, Jim, but I'm just going to tell you, man, I want, I, maybe it's a warning. You may once in your, in your flesh, on your cruise ship mentality, say, how dare you say that about me or my family or whatever. Or you may say, uh, I think you're wrong, dude. I really think you're misplaced here, but thanks for being, being concerned about me. And let's pray about it. Mm-hmm. Church drifted. Church is going to drift more. It will. The Bible says in the last days, it's going to start with us. Judgment's going to start in his house. Pay attention. Listen carefully. Whatever version you want, choose. I tried to give you it all so somebody don't get on me for giving the wrong version. Listen carefully. Pay attention. I don't want you to drift. You're a man in here today. Maybe you need an accountability partner. You're a lady in here today. Maybe you need an accountability partner. You need part of a small group. You need something. I want to tell you, he is all sufficient. He has what you need. He does. He does. Let's stand if you would. I've been there. I've probably been there this week in a not paying attention and in a drift. I've been there last week. Mostly, I try to stay on the Coast Guard boat. On the gospel mission. Today, how will you respond to what God said today? Two other hands on deck, Patrick. Not going to be on deck that Sunday. Somebody needs to be on deck. And God's been eating at me at this scripture. Why? Because I need it most of all. I need to pay attention that I don't drift. Verse 3 says... Seeing that we have this great salvation, how can we neglect it? How can we neglect such a great salvation? It says, how shall we escape? I'm not preaching a God of judgment or a God that wants to kill you and send you to hell today. But I'm telling you, he demands all. Romans 12, present your whole bodies as a living sacrifice. How will you respond to that today? Not calling you forward. Not calling you forward. Not calling leaders forward. I want you to leave today in humility. I want you to ask the Lord to show you where you're not paying attention and where you may be drifting. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, for Hebrews. It doesn't matter who wrote it. We don't know who it was, God, but we're thankful that whoever did write it said when he was writing to them, and verse chapter 3 says they were dull of hearing. They were slipping back into some old ways, God. How it is when the honeymoon wears off, the newness wears off of our salvation with you, a new church, our, 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 our marriage, our new friendships. And then we begin to see sides that we didn't normally see and we, and we get into places we don't need to be, God. Thankful that there was a writer that wrote the book of Hebrews that warned us pay attention to listen carefully and not to drift God may you lead us to your cross God may you lead us to your resurrection
May you lead us to your eternity today, God. May we keep eternity in mind that one day we will walk through those gates and we want to hear you say, well done, now good and faithful servant. Nothing else, that's it, God. We want to know that we can stand before you assured, God, not out of, not out of condemnation, not out of feeling we have a works, God, but that we are more than pleased with the life we have presented to you, God. May we step back and allow ourselves to die. May we allow our cruise ship mentality to die today, God, that we would see ourselves on the Coast Guard boat today.